What does it mean to connect to your future at Lake Michigan College? They connect you to your future opportunities. They partner with local industries and employers, ensuring their programs align to the needs of the community's workforce. Lake Michigan College can help you get to the future you want. Visit lakemichigancollege.edu. WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock news block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by Special Light in Decatur and Benton Harbor. There's a good chance you've walked through a Special Light door when you go to a local restaurant, school, store, or plant. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. Doctors are preparing for an influx of the flu. Dr. Dennis Cunningham is the Assistant Medical Director for Infection Prevention at Henry Ford Health. He says, while so far there have only been a few cases in Michigan, they've seen them in other states, and a heavy flu season earlier this year during the Australian winter is a sign of things to come. I think if you have a fever, you should stay home from work because your body needs to rest and your colleagues really don't want you to infect them. Uh, If everyone's wearing a mask, I think the risks are a lot lower. Cunningham says the flu tends to come more with overall body aches than COVID. If you expect you have the flu, he says it's important to call your doctor for treatment before any complications arise. The Region 4 Area Agency on Aging has renamed its campus in St. Joseph in honor of a former organization CEO. Campus coordinator Amy Nichols tells us the Campus for Creative Aging at 2920 Lakeview is now known as the Lynn and Freeborn Kellogg Campus for Creative Aging, in honor of Lynn Kellogg, who was CEO for 45 years until her retirement last year. Lynn Kellogg was only the second CEO of Region 4 Area Agency on Aging. She had been there for with the company for 45 years, and her husband, Freeborn, really embodied all the campus tenets of creativity, learning, purpose, and growth. And together, they supported each other in coming up with the whole concept of the Campus for Creative Aging. Nichols says Kellogg was directly involved in the inception of the Campus for Creative Aging in 2017 when it was envisioned and developed through Southwest Michigan focus groups and partners. The campus is home to the Computer Learning Center, resources for independence, connections to explore passions, and programs to break down stigmas associated with aging. The organization held an open house at the Lynn and Freeborn Kellogg Campus for Creative Aging this week. The annual Whirlpool Appliance Sale is this weekend. The United Way of Southwest Michigan says on Saturday from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. and Sunday from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m., more than 300 brand-new appliances will be up for sale at deeply discounted prices at the former Carson store at the Orchards Mall in Benton Harbor. They'll have everything from refrigerators to dishwashers to dryers and small appliances like stand mixers and blenders. All proceeds from this weekend's sales will go to the United Way of Southwest Michigan, A previous Whirlpool appliance sale this year raised more than $225,000 to benefit the United Way. Those who buy something this weekend can have their appliance delivered within a 15-mile radius for $100. Cash and credit cards will be accepted, but no checks. Shout for South Haven has raised more than $21,000 in less than two weeks for an outdoor fireplace it's planning at Dykeman Park in South Haven. The group's Tom Runner tells us they have to raise $40,000 to match the $40,000 Challenge Public Spaces Community Places grant pledged by the Michigan Economic Development Corporation for the fireplace. 
He says the community has come out in support of the project. We're just overwhelmed with the enthusiasm and the uh, the contributions to date for this project. It's mostly uh, been through fundraising to, uh, to members of, of the Shout organization, and we received a uh, challenge grant from the uh, the Michigan Economic Development Corporation of $40,000, but it requires us to match that. Runner says Shout is seeking to install a fireplace at Dykeman Park similar to one found in downtown Holland. With so many winter activities taking place at that park, he says the fireplace would be a good gathering point. Shout for South Haven invites anyone to make a contribution at shoutforsouthhaven.org. Its deadline to raise the $40,000 is December 2nd. Indiana-Michigan Power is taking applications for grants to support FIRST Robotics teams throughout its service area. INM says the grants will boost interest in science, technology, engineering, and math for local students while helping them compete at the pre-kindergarten through high school level. Each year, INM's FIRST Robotics Grant Initiative awards $200,000 across the company's 11-state service area. INM Community Affairs Manager Mona Livingston says the company is, quote, proud to support the FIRST Robotics program because of how it inspires innovation as well as fosters self-confidence, communication, and leadership in those that take part. Grants that range from $250 to $6,000 are available for FIRST Robotics teams at different levels. To apply, a team could go to aep.com slash aepfirstgrant. The deadline to apply is January 27th. The winners will be announced in March. The Berrien County Parks Department will offer a fall scrap tire collection event this weekend. The department's Genevieve Crevere tells us county residents who have old tires sitting around and taking up space can drop them off at the Berrien County Road Department office on Napier Avenue in Benton Township Saturday and Sunday so the tires can be recycled. She says the county works with a Sturgis firm to recycle all those tires. They're going to bring them back, and there's a bunch of different things that they can do with them. They can grind them up and make them into turf. That's probably like one of the biggest things. It's really cool that there's different options for tire recycling. It's really interesting, and it's a really cool idea that they are able to take those from us and do something with it other than just having them sit on the side of the road. Career says it's better to dispose of tires responsibly than to let them become part of the waste stream. The fees are a dollar per passenger tire and $2 per passenger tire still on the rim. No oversized tires will be accepted. The drop-off hours will be Saturday from 8.30 a.m. to noon and Sunday for the same hours. A church pastor from the Benton Harbor area is facing criminal sexual conduct charges. Carlton Lynch of Pilgrim Rest Baptist Church in Benton Township was arraigned Tuesday on a charge of fourth-degree criminal sexual conduct. According to the Herald Palladium, he's charged for an incident that allegedly occurred in 2018. It's alleged that he groped a woman, then pushed, and when she pushed him away, he tried to bribe her not to tell anyone. Lynch is now free on bond and due back in court on Wednesday. He faces up to two years in prison. And Corwell Health South, formerly known as Spectrum Health Lakeland, is teaming up with the Berrien County Sheriff's Department for a drug take-back day this month. It says everyone can safely dispose of expired, unused, or unwanted prescription drugs during the National Drug Take-Back Day on Saturday, October 29th. Drop-off disposal containers will be on the west side of Corwell Health Lakeland Hospital on Napier Avenue in St. Joseph from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Anyone who wants to dispose of drugs should enter the hospital off of Morton Avenue near the emergency department entrance. Corwell says it's best to get rid of unwanted medications via a drug take-back day so the medicines don't wind up in the wrong hands or the environment. The Berrien County Sheriff's Department will oversee the collection site and ensure the drugs are destroyed. Medications will be accepted in their original container or in sealed baggies. During last year's National Prescription Drug Take-Back Day, nearly 5,000 sites collected more than 744,000 pounds of drugs 
Again, that drug take-back day will be Saturday, October 29th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. WSJM News now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News now continues. Former President Donald Trump was issued a subpoena by the January 6th committee today. Meanwhile, one of his advisors was sentenced to prison for not talking to that committee. ABC's Brian Clark has more. Only hours after his former advisor Steve Bannon was sentenced to four months in prison for not complying with a subpoena from the January 6th committee, former President Donald Trump was subpoenaed by that committee, which said he was at the center of, quote, the first and only effort by any U.S. president to overturn an election and obstruct the peaceful transition of power. The committee voted earlier this month to issue the subpoena. Trump has not said if he'll comply. The committee's requiring him to turn over documents by November 4th and to appear for deposition testimony on or about November 14th. Brian Clark, ABC News. Police say a teenager accused of killing four fellow students and injuring more at a high school in Oakland County is expected to plead guilty to murder next week. David Williams, the chief assistant prosecutor in Oakland County, says Ethan Crumbly is expected to plead guilty to all 24 charges. The 16-year-old is due in court on Monday. Crumbly had created images of violence during a classroom assignment last November, but was not sent home from Oxford High School in southeast Michigan. He pulled a gun a few hours later and committed a mass shooting. He was 15 when the shooting happened. Making a midterm pitch to voters, President Biden today said a Republican victory in November could affect... The war in Ukraine. President Biden taking questions after remarks on deficit reduction and saying U.S. aid to Ukraine should continue despite suggestions from some Republicans in Congress that the aid be slowed if the GOP retakes the House. We support Ukraine. We're supporting all of Europe. We're supporting NATO. Do you think that Mr. Putin decides he's just going to deal with Ukraine and that's the end of it? This No, I, I, I don't understand the threat that they're saying they may have to stop funding the Ukrainians. Jay O'Brien, ABC News. Several British lawmakers are jockeying to become the country's next leader following the implosion of Liz Truss's short-lived government. One of them is former Prime Minister Boris Johnson, who was ousted by ethics scandals just three months ago. The governing Conservative Party has ordered a lightning-fast race that aims to have a new Prime Minister within a week. As inflation soars, millions are struggling to make ends meet in Britain. Labor strikes have revealed the scale of discontent, and a recession is looming. Johnson has not declared he's running, but bookmakers have made him one of the favorites. House of Commons leader Penny Mordaunt was the first to declare that she's running, leading the pack in lawmaker support as former Treasury Chief Rishi Sunak. A Florida man was acquitted of election fraud charges today by a Miami judge. Governor Ron DeSantis said touted the case as an example of how he's cracking down on illegal voting. More from ABC's Elizabeth Schulze. In a defeat for Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, a Miami judge dismissed alleged election fraud charges against Robert Lee Wood. Wood had faced counts of making a false affirmation on a voter application and voting as an unqualified elector in the 2020 election. The judge said the prosecutor bringing the charges lacked jurisdiction. The judge's ruling could pave the path to dismiss the charges of 19 other alleged election fraud cases in the state that were highlighted by DeSantis as an example of how he's cracking down on voter fraud. Elizabeth Schulze, ABC News, Washington. Pfizer says it will charge $110 to $130 for a dose of its COVID-19 vaccine once the U.S. government stops buying the shots. But the drug maker says it expects many people will continue receiving doses for free. 
Pfizer executives say the commercial pricing for adult doses could start early next year, depending on when the U.S. government phases out its own program. The drug maker said it expects people covered by private insurance or public programs like Medicare will have to pay nothing. A spokesperson said the company also has an income-based assistance program that helps those without coverage. President Biden touted the strength of the U.S. economy today in remarks at the White House despite high inflation. The president also notes the national deficits come down on his watch by about $1.4 trillion this year. ABC's Alex Brashey says the timing of the remarks comes less than three weeks ahead of the midterm elections where voters are worried about the health of the economy. There are a couple of other issues that Democrats kind of have going for them. They're at least able to rally people around. I mean, you think about abortion and codifying Roe, which is something that the president talked about uh, doing uh, in his uh, his speech in Pennsylvania yesterday. Uh, also, you know, the student debt forgiveness is also going to be something else that kind of galvanizes young voters. But inflation continues in our polling uh, to be issue number one or at least one B uh, and for a lot of these voters, and that's going to be the make-or-break issue. Ukrainian forces are bombarding Russian positions in the occupied and illegally annexed southern Kyrgyzstan region. The targets include resupply routes across the river. The Ukrainian military is inching closer to a full assault on Kyrgyzstan, one of the first urban areas that Russia captured after invading the country. Russia-installed officials were reported desperately trying to turn the city, a prime target for both sides because of its key industries and major river port, into a fortress. They're also attempting to evacuate tens of thousands of residents. The Kremlin poured as many as 2,000 draftees into the city. Officials say Ukrainian shelling of a river crossing killed two TV journalists. At least two other people were reported killed and 13 wounded. And neighborhoods in San Francisco are now using a new method to deter homeless encampments from popping up in front of their buildings. They're using plants. More from ABC's Alex Stone in California. In some San Francisco neighborhoods, giant planters are being placed around buildings. Not so passersby can admire the lavender in them, but instead is a creative way to prevent homeless encampments. We have a massive problem. It's going to take a while to dig ourselves out of this. And they seem to be working. Where there had been large encampments, where planters have gone in, the encampments are gone. San Francisco City Supervisor Raphael Mandelman. I think it's a reasonable response. But some say without real solutions, all the planters do is just move the homeless to somewhere else. Alex Stone, ABC News. WSJM News now continues with your weather forecast.